Thank you for listening to this podcast by the River Family Christian Center. We pray that this message strengthens and encourages you in your walk with God. How many of y'all know that you are called to be an agent of transformation? How many of y'all know you're called to be an ambassador? Can you look at your neighbor and say, you're called to be an ambassador? Now look at them and smile and, and give them like, it's like they just won a million dollars. You're called to be an ambassador. Praise the Lord. So what happens is, is that when we understand that God has a calling on the church, then we understand that there's a reason that we're here. Now, I said last week, Isaiah 62, and, and Miss Dixie Dusky, she read that today to us. And one of the things we have to understand is that you and I are called into that time right now where we are the ones to begin to stand into the process or the promise of the Lord for the process of transformation to take place in our lives. But Acts chapter 1, verse 8, it says this, it said, but you shall receive receive power. Jesus said this. He said to them, but you shall receive power. Say power. When the Holy Spirit has come upon you and you shall be witnesses, say witnesses, to me in Jerusalem and all Judea and Samaria and to the end of the earth. See, your ability to receive power was not so that you would sit in a church. The ability for you to receive power was for you to be his witnesses. Now that we have something, that power that is now within us, it is so different than anything we've ever known in our lives. Can I tell you that before you got saved, you were one way, but when you got born again, you became a new creation in Christ. And because you became a new creation in Christ, you were something that the world had never seen before. You are something that the world has never been able to comprehend because the world can't comprehend it because there's something, someone dwelling within you that actually is able to give you eternal life. Christ in us, the hope of glory. So when we understand that Jesus came and he came to set the captives free, but then he gave us the promise from the Father, which is the Holy Spirit, that when he gave us Holy Spirit, he gave us Holy Spirit so that what would happen is we would be empowered to do what we were called to do. Can you say amen? Now, does anybody know what we're called to do? What is it? Tell people. You will receive power to be witnesses. You're going to give a witness to who Jesus is. You're going to give a witness to what he has done. Now that does not mean that, listen, everybody gives a witness in a different way. I used to be in law enforcement, so I would have to go on the stand at times, and I would have to get up there, and they would question me about certain things. Now, when this would take place, because maybe you, you, you have somebody in, in jail, and you, you're, you're, you, there were things that happened, there were contraband that you had, or they, they said this to you, or they said that to you, or whatever it may be, and at times you may get called in to do, um, to, into court. And during those times, what happens is when you're called into court, there are certain ways you want to answer the question. And what happens is you have to give the facts. You have to give the truth. And so when, we come, when I would come into the court, I would have to give the truth of the events that took place. See, when we give a witness, we are literally giving the truth of the events that took place. We are giving the truth of the events that took place in our lives. Can I tell you about what Jesus has done for me? Before I got saved, I was a heathen of heathens. Truth. But when I met Jesus, event, I began to experience the salvation that comes through his blood. Truth. And when I received him as my Lord and Savior, 
event, I became born again. Truth. Can you say amen? And so what happens is when we understand this and we realize, folks, all you're called to do is tell people about what Jesus has done in you. And when you do this, we understand, just as I shared that that, uh, video last week about Guatemala, if we would look and we would understand that God wants to do something inside of each and every one of us that is so far beyond our comprehension, so far beyond our dreams, our beliefs, so far beyond anything that we could ever dare ask or think to believe, according to the power that works with in us, then we begin to realize, man, there's so much that he wants to do in you. It's amazing. Look at your neighbor and say, it's amazing what I have inside of me. Now what's happened is we have to understand, we receive Holy Spirit. So we we have to understand that that power that we received was not just dynamite power. Yes, it is all that stuff. But that power, with that power, came the authority of his name. That authority in his name is where we actually are able to walk in the fullness of everything that we have with Jesus. That authority in his name is where you and I are able to actually be where we are in this moment, in this hour, that we would be able to be in these times that we are living in and see the events take place that we are seeing right now. It is the authority of his name. So when you look at things all around you and you begin to say, oh my gosh, what's going to take place? We have the authority of his name. So I'm not in fear of what's going to take place. I realize, oh no, I'm here for a reason. You're here for a reason. Look at your neighbor and say, you're here. Now look at them and say, smile at them like they just won a million dollars and tell them you're here for a reason. Listen, if you look at your neighbor and say, you're here. Oh, you're here. Praise the Lord. That's not so hot. So John 14, I'm going to read this to you out of the New Living Translation. The New Living Translation says this in verse 12. It starts out in verse 12. It says, I tell you the truth. Anyone who believes in me will do the same works that I have done and even greater works because I am going to be with the Father. Anyone who believes in me, anyone, let me say this again, I tell you the truth, anyone who believes in me will do the same works that I have done. How many of y'all would like to pray for the sick and see them recover? How many of y'all would like to be able to see a paralytic get up and walk? How many of you all would like to see the woman that was caught in the midst of adultery see her experience freedom that she didn't know before? How many of you all would like to see that place and time where where people come and they begin to talk about how can they walk and receive eternal life? How many of you would like to see the things that Jesus done in your life? He says we can. Listen, listen, you all looking at me kind of like a cow looking at a new gate. So here's the thing I want I want you to understand. This is not for the, the elite. This is for everyone. You have to know this is for everyone. This is not just for those who are up here. This is for everyone. Because if we understand that what God has called us to is to equip the saints. As a five-fold minister, I'm to equip the saints for the work of the ministry. That means that there is a work that you are to do. It is not just me. It is you. Look at your neighbor and say, you have a work to do. Now, like they've won a million dollars. Come on, guys. You have work to do. Praise the Lord. I like how you guys respond. So when we understand that we have work to do, then what takes place is we realize there's work to be done. But greater works than these will you do. 
You're going to do greater things than even Jesus did. And people get a little crazy on that because they say, oh no, we can't do anything greater than Jesus. He wants you to. He wants you to do greater things. He wants, listen, there's all been, already been reports of, of people in crusades where there have been multiple dead people there. Multiple dead. I mean, like, DOA, right? I mean, like, they're cold, stiff, and there's no movement. And what happens is in these crusades, the Holy Spirit of God touches them, and these people are getting up and coming back to life. I mean, there's some crazy events taking place in our life. Now, if you look through the biblical text, you'll see that Jesus, according to what we see through Scripture, was only able to, to raise or only raise one person at a time, right? But that's not saying that, that all, that's all he could do, but that's saying he's given us the same spirit that now dwells, that dwelled in him, now dwells in us, so that we would be able to do even greater works to bring glory to his name so when he says you're going to do greater works it's not that you're going to be greater than Jesus it's that you're going to do greater works so that the kingdom of God can be expanded you're you're called look at your neighbor and say you're called you have to choose whether you're going to be chosen I can't do that for you I heard this, and this was such a good analogy. You know the scripture that says many are called, but few are chosen? You guys know the scripture about that? So I actually had this happen one time, and this is why I, this, I've always, this has always stuck with me. I was in a place, and this guy says, I'm getting ready to move. And he says, I need some help. Does anybody want to help me? And everybody, like there's a bunch of us guys there. And you can tell that nobody wants to help this dude move. Moving is like not fun. But I, I remember this so clearly. I said, I'll go. I'll help you. He's like, all right, I choose you. And I heard this analogy. And they said, when you called, many are called. You're all called. I need someone to go help me move. Who will help me move? And when we say, I'll go, Jesus says, I choose you. Many are called, few are chosen. What are you going to do with the gift of God that's been given you? I can't answer that for you. Only you can answer What are you going to do with the gift of God that's been given you? Sometimes we want people to come along and say, no, no, you've got to lead me along this path. You've got to hold my hand the whole way. Please make sure the binky doesn't fall out of my mouth and make sure that I can get everywhere I need to go and teach me how to lay hands on the sick and pray for them, especially even after I've done it five, six, seven times, and go ahead and teach me how to do this again and again and again because I need this feather in my cap, but the greatest thing we need is Jesus. So we need Jesus because here's the reality. I can't go with you everywhere. You've got to go. How are you going to call yourself to be chosen? You call yourself to be chosen. I'll go. You're going to go pray for people that you've never prayed for, you've never met for, met them. And there's going to be things happen that you've never had any kind of training for. But guess what? You have the Holy Spirit of God who will teach you what you should do in that moment. 
You have the teacher within you. You don't need me to go and hold your hand. You need Jesus. You need his spirit moving with you so that when you go and you pray for someone, listen, there's amazing things that take place when you go and allow God to orchestrate your day. There's amazing things that take place when you have people come up and say, hey, I think my wife needs a demon cast out of her. And the wife says, yes, I do. There's amazing things that take place when we say yes to God. There's amazing things that take place when we realize that Jesus wants to do something inside of us that actually goes beyond what we could comprehend. So let's go, um, let me just finish up here. Jesus says in verse 15 of, of John 14, he says, if you, love me, keep my, if you love me, obey my commandments, and I will ask the Father and he will give you another advocate who will never leave you. He will never leave you. He is the Holy Spirit who leads you into all truth. The world cannot receive him because it it isn't looking for him and doesn't recognize him. But you know him because he lives with you now and later. You now and later will be in you. Now, no, I no, I will not abandon you as no, I will not abandon you as orphans. I will come to you. Soon the world will no longer see me, but you will see me. Since I live, you also will live. And when I, am raised from, when I am raised to life again, you will know that I am in the Father and you are in me and I am in you. I praise God that we are in him and he is in us. I praise God that we are in him and he is in us. Those who accept my commandments and obey them, obey them are the ones who, who love me. And because they love me, my Father will love them and I will love them and reveal myself to each of them. Man, I tell you what, there's nothing better than coming in and experiencing the presence of God. The only thing better than that is that when we're at home and we experience the presence of God. What's better than that is when we're outside and we're going wherever God calls us to go and we experience the presence of God. What happens is when God leads us and He guides us, He gives us direction that we would not normally have. But what begins to take place is that through that direction, through that leading, then what begins to take place is the orchestrated good works that that he's already prepared beforehand that we should walk in, begin to take place by his grace. And those grace of good works, those good works of grace are literally beginning to happen. And so you can pray for people. You can minister to people. You can witness to people. See, that power was given to you and I so that we would be his witnesses, not so that we would sit back and let nothing happen, but so that the church would become active the way it was supposed to be. We should come back to the original creation of the church and realize, folks, we're called in this time to go out and make a difference. We're called in this time to go out and do the good works that he's called us to. Let's forget about the names, egos, and logos, and let's just really go after Jesus and the souls that, are, that he wants us to go after. Because when we do that, that's when things change. When we do that, that's when we begin to understand, man, there's so much of this that God wants to do in you. Colossians chapter 1 In verse 27 through 29, it would say in there that this mystery was hidden from the Gentiles, which is Christ in us, the hope of glory. Christ in us. And in the New Living Translation, it actually says Christ in you, or I I believe it says that God is really for the Gentiles. I'm glad that he's for the Gentiles. I'm a Gentile by, 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 by birth. I'm not a Jew. I'm a Gentile. And because I'm a Gentile, God is for me. He's for the Jews too, but praise God he brought me into the adoption of the family of the beloved, and praise God that I'm now, I'm now redeemed. 
So now what happens is I begin to realize that there's purpose and there's destiny that God has, not only for me, but for you. Why? Because he came in such a way that he would be able to let people know his love through you. I shared last week about an ambassador. An ambassador for any country does not have his own opinion. An ambassador for any country has the opinion or takes the stance of the, 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 the country that he represents. In a kingdom, we are part of a kingdom that cannot be shaken. We are part of a kingdom that cannot be shaken. So that means our opinions don't matter. The only stance we take is that which is of the kingdom. That means that my purpose and my role here on this earth, yes, I'm praying for my nation. Yes, I'm praying for my state. Yes, I, I believe for our area. I talked about this last week. If you haven't watched it or been here, go back and watch the live stream. Go back and watch on YouTube. But here's the reality of it, is that when we talk about this, when we understand this, that means that Isaiah 62 is what we are called to do. We are called to pray. We're called to intercede. We're called to literally come before the Lord. We're called to take this time and understand, oh, I've only got so much time on this earth. This, this plan is only going to go around so many times before I'm going to leave or he's going to come back. But here's what has to happen. In the meantime, I want to be found not out of legalism and not out of works, but I want to be found faithful with the time I've been called to. I want to be found faithful so that what happens is I'm praying and I'm interceding and I'm believing for God to move in our lives, in our, in our areas. And as we do, I understand that God's called me here and called you here for such a time as this. Can you say amen? So that means that God's called you for something. Let's, i tell you what, let's just go over here real quick. I'm trying not to do, go here, but I think I should. I only got two more scriptures, guys, and then we'll, we'll stop. It says in Isaiah 62, it says, For Zion's sake, I will not hold my peace. And for Jerusalem's sake, I will not rest until her righteousness goes forth as brightness and her salvation as a lamp that burns. I want to tell you, I am not going to rest. I'm not going to hold my peace. I'm going to keep praying until those places where I am called to begin to reveal the salvation of God. I'm going to continue to labor. I'm going to continue to fast. I'm going to continue to pray. I'm going to continue to press on, asking God for him to move in those areas where we're called to, where we live. Listen, you may not be going to the places that I may go to, and I may not go to the places you go to, but we can believe for God to move in those places. We can believe for him to move in such a way that what we see is we see the salvation lamp burning. I want to see those, listen, we all have family members who need Jesus. We all have family members who are unsaved, who are living their own best life now, but in the end, their life is destruction. We all have family members like that. When we believe for God to move in our family's lives, we begin to see him move. We begin to see our kids come back to Christ. We begin to see our brothers, our sisters, our mothers, our fathers, our grandfathers, our uncles, our aunts, all of them begin to come back to Jesus or come to Jesus. When this begins to happen, when the church takes its posture in prayer and begins to press in and say, no, God, your word says, no, God, your promise is, then what happens is we will see the salvation lamp burning like never before. It's not a works. It's a maturity. We all can feel, we all can sense since 2020 things have changed. I've, I've been on this forever since 2020. 
But we all can tell things have changed. It's not the way it used to be. Things aren't happening that way anymore. Why? Because there's a reality that God is coming for His church, and His church has got to be ready. I was recently asked, do you think sometimes your messages are too hard? Listen, at times I'm right now saying, look, I'm trying to be as gentle as I can, but as honest and transparent as I can, because I want us to understand that he is coming back. He is coming back. I don't know when. It could be 100 years from now. I don't know. But I'm telling you right now that the church has got to come back to its original design and have the urgency of the hour and realize, folks, we are not promised tomorrow. So let's live our, let's live our life for Jesus right here today. There's no greater thing we can do than live our life for Jesus. It says in verse 2, it says, The Gentiles shall see your righteousness and all the kings your glory. You shall be called by a new name, which the mouth of the Lord will name. You shall also be a crown of glory in the hand of the Lord, a royal diadem in the hand of your God. Listen, you shall no longer be termed forsaken, nor shall your land anymore be termed desolate, but you shall be called Hezbollah. Or Hezbollah, and your land, Bula, and the Lord, the Lord delights in you, and your land shall be married as a young man marries a virgin. So shall your sons marry you, and as the bridegroom rejoices over the bride, so shall your God rejoice over you. Listen, this is what we want. I want God to rejoice over our lands. I want God to rejoice over those areas that we live in, the areas that we're called to. I want God to rejoice over that. I want Him to rejoice, but it goes on here. And it says, So I have set watchmen on, the, on your walls, O Jerusalem, and they shall never hold their peace day or night. You who make mention of the Lord, do not keep silent and give no rest till He establishes and, and, and until He makes Jerusalem a praise in the earth. Listen, give no rest. In other words, keep contending for the faith that was once delivered to all the saints. Jude, that's Jude. When we contend for the faith that was once delivered to all the saints, and I'm telling you, unfortunately, what has happened is we have tried to build on different paradigms and different models and different things like that. We can't. Let's get back to the biblical text and let's do what the biblical text says. Let's do what the word says and let's see that this is actually where we're going to see the blessing of the Lord. When we do what the word says, we will actually be able to move forward in the things of God. I'm going to go ahead and stop here, but I want to read this to us. Matthew chapter 10. It says in verse 7 and 8. It says, and as you go, preach, saying the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Heal the sick, cleanse the lepers, raise the dead, cast out demons. Freely you have received, freely give. You're to pray, and you're to witness. Look at your neighbor and say, you're to pray, and you're to witness. That's what you're called to. Listen, all this stuff about what I'm called to, what I'm called to, my, my office, my office, let the Lord figure that out. Don't worry about that. Let's just do what we're called to. All the egos, titles, and logos, man, they're going to either fall off on the way up or burn off on the way down. We don't know. But what we've got to know is we've got to understand this, is that let's just go after Jesus. Let's go after what he says. Let's go ahead and stand to our feet. Hallelujah. The Lord is looking for a people who will say yes. He's looking for a people 
who will absolutely embrace what he is doing and wants to do on the earth. And he's looking for a people who will begin to be his witnesses and his watchmen. And I, I've prayed about this a lot. I talked, I talked with Becky last night. I'm like, man, I don't know if this is really right. I keep, I keep wrestling with this because I don't want it to, I'm not coming across in works. It's like, Lord loves you. Look at your neighbor and say, Jesus loves you. And I do too. So nobody feel like, oh, man, we're really getting works. No, no, I'm not. I'm not. I'm just telling you that our time is so short. And we, we have such an awesome opportunity I can't, I can't convey it to you enough. I, I can't, I can't, I wish I could explain to you what's going on in my heart and how things are just exploding in me, but I can't convey to you enough how much God wants you to be his watchman and his witness. I can't convey that to you enough. You know why? Because you're his son and his daughter. See, if you're his son and his daughter, there's no one who knows him better than his sons and daughters. There's no one who knows the goodness and the faithfulness of our loving Father like sons and daughters. You've been through some things in life. And he stayed with you. He's been faithful to you all along. Some of us, if we were really honest, we'd say... I failed him every day, and he has still proven himself faithful to me. He's never, never failed me. He's never done me wrong. He's been so good, so good the whole time. He's been so loving. He's been so true. He's been so kind. God has been more kind to me than I deserve. Can anybody else in here say that besides me? He's been more kind to me than I deserve. He's shown me more grace than I deserve. And because he's shown me that kind of grace, I mean, I just, I love him. I love him. There's no one else greater than Jesus. There's nothing else greater than Jesus. I just, I love him. So to be a witness is out of that love, is out of that man. I mean, I met Jesus. I mean, guys, when I got saved... I know I've shared this before, and sometimes it freaks people out, but I just, I, I mean, man, when I got saved, I encountered the living God. I went on a fast, and I was seeking Him. I was really searching for God. If you're a visitor here, we love you. God bless you. I pray this doesn't freak you out, but this is truth. So, but I was seeking God, and I remember I was, I was, I was living in Amesville at the time, and I was in my shower. I was taking a shower, and, and, uh, and I remember there was something, I felt like somebody was in the, the, the trailer. I lived in a mobile home. I didn't have anything. I mean, I, had, I didn't have two nickels to rub together. I would have been grateful for two nickels. I didn't even have two pennies. So I'm just like, I'm, I'm just, but I'm just, I'm excited that I'm saved. Because I was such a heathen before I got saved. And when I met Jesus, it was like, man, things are just, I, I don't have anything, but I have him. I have everything I need. And so I'm in, this, I'm in my trailer, and I, I sense this presence, and I, I know that there's someone else in the trailer. And I'm, I'm a little bit on, on the, like, uh, wigged outside right there. I'm like, somebody's here. And, I, and I, I get out of the shower as fast as I can, get myself ready, and I go out. And as I'm out there, the Lord is sitting on the couch. I saw him as my eyes were open. And I, I saw him with my own two eyes. 
<laughs> he was there, and it was like, it was at that moment, it was like everything stopped. And I, I didn't know what else to do. And there were things that took place there, but I remember telling him, I said, if no one else follows you, I will. If no one else goes, I will. I'll do whatever you want me to do. I mean, listen, Jesus, I'm a screw up. But I'll do whatever you want me to do. I'll go wherever you want me to go. I'll say whatever you want me to say. And even if it costs me everything, I'll do it. So to encounter a living God like that, that's what... That's what I search for. That's what I look for. I look to see him. So to be a watchman, to be a witness is because of his great love. Not because of works. But I, I can't, I, I, I'm not doing this from any mean-hearted state. And nor am I trying to be militant but I'm, it's a maturity. You understand that? There's a maturity that God's calling the church to in these hours. Not out of legalism and not out of cruelty, but out of his love. He's calling his kids to grow up, especially here in America. Our brothers and sisters in Christ, they have a different, in other nations, they have a different kind of, of thing that they deal with. And their persecution in some of those nations are great. And we've shared that. But... You're here today that the Lord's calling those who will say, I choose, I'll go. He's calling those who will say, I'll go, to be his watchmen and his witnesses. And you may say, well, why does it have to be such a distinction? Because you have to be the one to come to terms with it. The church can't play one foot in, one foot out. And I know these messages are alienating to people, but it's truth. I'm not mad at anyone. I love you. But because I love you, I have to tell you the truth. And because I love you, I have to, I have, you have to know you can't, you can't play one foot in, one foot out. It's not that you won't make mistakes. We all make mistakes. But there's thank God for repentance. Amen? And we can repent and keep moving. But I'm talking about saying I, I'm, I'll be his watchman. And I'll be his witnesses. He's, he's looking for those today. And Matthew 10, 7 and 8 said, as you go, preach, saying the kingdom of heaven. As you go, preach, saying, as you go. Mark chapter 16, verse 15. And he said to them that they were to go and they were to make disciples. And they were to go on and they would lay hands on the sick. He, it would go on. And Matthew 28, it would talk about how we were to go and make disciples of all nations. See, here's the thing is that he's calling the church to come back to its original design. There's no greater time right now than to be a watchman and to be a witness than right now. This is the time. So you're here today, and I mean, the Lord is just, he's he's weighing in. That's what he's doing. He wants to see where we're at. You're saying, I want to be the watchman and I want to be the witness. And that, and like, it's, 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 there should be a burning with inside of you. I want to tell you, this is the time. We want to lay hands on you today 
Because it says that he, he, he ministered, he gave them authority, and then he sent them on their way. In Luke chapter 10 is what it says. So we want to lay hands on you. If you're here today and you're saying, I want to be his witness, I want to be his watchman, you may say, well, I don't need to do all that. Read your Bible. Don't go off your opinion. But the Lord is releasing that today to us to be the ones to say, I'll go. I'll be, and that means you're going to go out and you're going to find people and you're going to talk to people. That means you're going to go out and you're going to pray over situations and circumstances. That means it's going to mean you're going to be busy. So the Lord's looking for those who will say yes to that. So, if that's you today, I just want you to raise your hand in here. If you're saying, I want to be his watchman, I want to be his witness. I mean, seriously, you don't want to do business with God. I'll do it. I need to come back to my original design. My design is not to live my best life now and to be, you know, fat and sassy and watch soap operas on the couch, right? Or YouTube. But I want to do it. The Lord's moving today because he wants the church to be equipped for every good work. The Lord is looking for those who will say yes to him. There's no other way to do it than the laying on of hands. It's the only way I know to do it. I can do a mass prayer. But I believe that the Lord wants us to lay hands. I'll pray for people when I'm supposed to. I'll do a mass prayer when I'm supposed to. So I'm really trying to be obedient to the Holy Spirit. But you're here today. Let's do some things. Let's get some business taken care of right now. You're here today and you said, I've been pretty preoccupied. There's no condemnation here. We all have. We all get that way. To say that you don't is to lie. We all have. We all get preoccupied. We all get distracted. But he's calling us back to the harvest and back to the house. The ecclesia, a body of called out believers assembled together by God to bring governmental change within a region. The ecclesia, the body of called out ones. He's calling us back to that. So if you're saying I've been distracted, I just want you to raise your hand. I've been distracted. I've not been doing what I'm supposed to. It's okay. All right. Praise the Lord. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for your honesty. So here's what we're going to do. Just repeat this with me. Just say, Jesus, forgive me for being distracted. Help me to keep my focus. In Jesus' name. Now you see, it's that simple. It's that simple. His blood covers us. When we repent and we come back, his blood covers us. He's so good. It's amazing. It's amazing. It really, really is. But right now, the Lord's moving on us today. So if you, if you were the one that raised your hand and said, I want to be the watchman and I want to be the witness and I want to pray and I want to go out and I want to tell people about Jesus, it's going to be different for everyone. Listen, Pablo is going to talk to people that I'm not going to. Pastor Pablo is going to talk to people in Ukraine that I'm not going to. He's going to talk to people in Argentina, that, uh, Argentina right, that I'm not going to. He's going to talk to people in London, Ontario that I'm not going to. Him and Pastor Diana are going to do things completely different. The cultures in each country is completely different. So you, I, can't, I can't do that. But he can. So I'm not going to compare myself to him. I'm going to realize by God's design, 
he and Diana are exactly who they are. That Tony is who he is. Seth is who he is. I am who I am by God's design. So there's no competition. We're all on the same team. We're all called for the same thing. Let's see people saved. Let's pray for our nation. Let's pray for our, our, our communities. Let's pray and see God move. But today the Lord's wanting to move on us today, and he's wanting to, to, uh, we want to lay hands on you. If you want that, I just want to invite you, come on forward. If you need to go, I understand. God bless you. We love you. But if you want to have hands laid on you, we believe, I believe that there is going to be an impartation today to be watchmen and to be witnesses. I just want you to come on up here. Hallelujah. Come right on up. Come on up. Becky, Pastor Pablo, Pastor Diana, would you guys come on up, please? Now, the Bible says in Hebrews chapter 6, it says that the, the, the elementary principles of Christ is the laying on of hands. The doctrine of laying on of hands is one of the things that God has called the church to. Can I tell you that what happens is when we lay hands on people, we're not doing anything uh, hocus pocus, none of that stuff. But what we are doing is we're saying, yes, we're going to go ahead and step on in. And we're going to press on in and believe for you to receive that impartation from the Lord. I believe that this can accelerate what he wants to do in you. And I believe that as it accelerates it, that means that, listen, you've got to have eyes to see what God's going to do. Make your heart attentive to what he wants to do in you. So we're going to go through and we're going to pray for you. Can I get some catchers up here? I'll need four catchers, please. Some of you are already watchmen and you're already witnesses. You're in the congregation right now. I would ask for you in this time just to begin to pray. See, the Bible said in Acts chapter 13, it said that they would lay hands on certain people. They were ministering to Holy Spirit, and as they ministered to Holy Spirit... Then they said, the, Lord, the Holy Spirit said to them, separate unto me Paul and Barnabas, for I have work for them. And then they laid hands on them and prayed for them and released them to go and do what they were called to do. See, today, we're laying hands on you and releasing you to go out and be the watchman and the witness. Go out and begin to tell people about Jesus. Be the prayer warrior you're called to be. Pray for those people at all times and all ways because this is the time. So... As we pray for you, that's what we are doing. We're just believing God for him to release that impartation to you. We're not going to pray for very long. We're just going to go down through and we're going to lay hands on you. And as you do, then you go out and you begin to do it. Does that make sense? There's no time like the present. It's not complicated, but we need to go ahead and release it. Amen? Hallelujah. Let's go ahead and begin to minister. Hey everyone, thank you so much for tuning in with us. I pray that this message today has encouraged you. I pray that it's challenged you, uplifted you. I pray that you came away from this message and this encounter with God, knowing that you have literally stepped into a place where you have heard the heartbeat of God and through everything. Now, in this time, I want to talk to you. Maybe you don't have a relationship with Jesus Christ or your relationship is not where it needs to be. Maybe you've walked with God at one point in time and you're no longer walking with Him. Or maybe you say that you're a Christian, but deep down inside, you know there's compromise in your heart. If that is you, I want you to go ahead and pray this prayer with me so that what can happen is we can talk to each other again when we see each other, either in the church or in heaven. 
So let's go ahead and pray. Just repeat after me. Father, in Jesus' name, I thank you for your son's blood. I thank you for the life of Jesus and for his resurrection. I ask you to forgive me of my sins. I repent of them now, and I ask for you to wipe me clean by your blood. Come into my heart. I receive your salvation, and I receive you as my Lord and as my Savior. I walk away from my old life, and I walk into my new life. Thank you, Lord. I am born again. In Jesus' name. Now listen, if you prayed that prayer, you are now born again. What I would ask for you to do is I would ask for you to contact the ministry, contact the church, and let us get to you some free material so that you can begin to receive discipleship. See, it's not enough just to pray a prayer. We want you to be discipled. Jesus said, make disciples of all men. So what we want to do is we want to help you in your walk. We want to help you to where you're being able to be discipled and you're being able to walk with Jesus on a daily basis. So thank you so much. God bless you. Thank you for listening to this podcast by the River Family Christian Center. If this message has blessed you and you would like to give financially or you would like more teachings from Senior Pastor Dean Wagner, please visit www.theriverfcc.com.